Reverend, I know I say it so many times, but I really want to tell you that personally, I really appreciate you. And I really love you. And thank you so much for... Peter, your problems are many already. Don't add any more to it, Peter. Hey, Joe, Joe, Peter hasn't got problems. Joe, Joe, no, it's not Peter. Joe, you have problems. Don't, don't add any more. Yeah. Somebody say the grace of God. Yeah. This morning, I had to ask God for grace. You know, sometimes you're going to preach something, and God also wants you to walk in it so that your preaching even becomes more authentic <laughs> because you are living it. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to um, share a few of my house matters with you this morning because, because today was one of those days that I realized that we have to just stay focused on God. Because when you look in, on any side, if you, don't, if you are not careful, you can just be disorientated. And the devil just knows how to distract. And I'm, I'm just going to share this ridiculous and silly thing with you because they are bigger and heavier and weightier things, but the concept remains the same. You know, so last, uh, yesterday, there was this conference that had been going on. I didn't even know, but I got to know about it. So I thought, oh, this is the last day. Let me listen to it. So I was in my bed, and I had those, those your airports in my ears listening. And of course, I fell asleep. So I wake up this morning. We finish our morning prayer, and uh, I thought, let me go and listen to my message. I'm looking for the airport. After about one second, I find one by the pillow. And as we speak, I'm still looking for the second one. <laughs> oh, Frank, I don't even go there. The whole house has been turned upside down, and we still didn't find it. And I thought, and the Reverend came to encourage me. You know, he said that, listen, it will appear. It is definitely in this house. And that he also, his, uh, his has also been doing that. Sometimes he can't find it. And sometimes it takes a few days before he finds it. And I was really encouraged. So I got on with what I was doing and got myself, started getting myself ready to come to church. And I said, the devil is a liar. So I finished, you know, had my shower. I was about to start dressing up, and I have a, an, a ritual. So, of course, I'm looking for my Fitbit to put on my hand. Because every day I put it at the same place, and then I go and have a shower. So when I come back, I come to the same place. Yeah, I shouldn't tell the rest of the story. Yeah, of course, I come back to the same place. It's not there. I say this morning, me and you. And as we speak, we haven't found it. Listen, I am saying that to encourage somebody that life must go on in spite of the things you even lose. Because do you know that it could have brought me to a standstill? Yeah, I mean, I spent a few minutes looking for it and I realized that I could easily waste my whole day searching for something that really is not necess uh, necessarily that important. Because if I press play without airport, I will hear the thing I'm listening to. But you see, sometimes the devil plays tricks on us. It's like, if you don't find it, you can't move on to the next thing. Sometimes you've got to leave the thing alone and move on to whatever you have to do next. And what even made the, 
what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me was that it's not just moving on. And if you move on and another setback comes, don't stop. Keep moving on. So whether it's an airport, whether it's a fake bay, whatever, you keep moving on. Those are ridiculous things. But you and I, in our lives, there are many things that want to set us back, that want us to freeze, that want us to stop. But today the Lord is telling somebody that just keep moving. Just keep moving. Sometimes the thing will come and catch up with you. Sometimes you will go further and realize that you never needed it anyway. I always say this. How many of us have had some girlfriend or boyfriend that when we see today, you were like, what was I thinking? Oh, look, look at him. Look at him. And yet you wept and wept and wept for it. Nobody could stop you from crying. Benedicta is laughing. <laughs> yeah. So what is it now that you are so anxious about that you are fretting? Be anxious for nothing. In all things, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. But you see, in the middle of the fret, nothing will stop you. Unless the Holy Spirit can prompt you that you are fretting. And it does not matter. Yeah, it does not matter. I'm telling you that there are some who had planned to come to church this morning. But issues that don't matter stop them from coming to church this morning. <laughs> Pastor Sam says he has a text message that confirms my word. The prophet is speaking. <laughs> and so I believe that the topic that we are even coming to begin to talk about in this month, I pray that we'll have a good understanding of it and we'll use it well in every area of our lives. Listen, there are a lot of us who should be serving God better than we are serving, who should be living our lives better than we are living. But it's because sometimes we are either behaving like Lot's wife and we are still looking back, we are still looking back, or we are frozen, or we are fearful. I had to, I started laughing at myself and analyzing a lot of things that two years ago I'd never even heard of the word. I, have, I didn't have a clue. So why should it bother me? Yeah. Whatever challenge you, are, you think is so, you know, frustrating and it's crippling you, you must realize that it will pass, it will die, it will freeze, it, and sometimes it will just not matter. It will just, have you had housemates, uh, workmates, who are the worst of the worst? One day you, left, you, you change jobs. One day you finish school. They didn't matter. One day you move from that flat. They didn't. A time comes when they don't matter. But there could be a season when they are your main headache. You go to bed dreaming about what you plan to do to them. You wake up planning. Somebody say the grace of God. The grace of I'm saying that where grace of God is very good, it's very important to put it as the sentence, the grace of God, the divine grace. Because when we say grace, there's also grace from man. Do you understand? From man to man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I can be, you know, goodwill. <laughs> you know, I can decide that I'll be helpful to my neighbor. Do you understand? Yeah, and even sometimes when we say, oh, this person is gracious, maybe they are elegant, 
or, you know, the way they are done or they are beautiful. That is not the grace we are talking about. In fact, there, there are a lot of people who name their children Grace. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a good name. You know, I didn't realize till I grew up a bit that even Gloria is not a name that a lot of people use. Yeah, I didn't realize. But when I was young, oh, I hope nobody in my household is watching. When I was young, I, I was very convinced that Gloria was the name of one of my father's girlfriends. <sighs> I was totally, totally convinced because, you know, uh, we're looking at the names of all of us are names, and you realize that you could trace that, okay, this is this auntie, this is this, what's this name, auntie, but we are looking, who is called Gloria? So we assume there must be some unknown underground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and there's, there are many movies that are even have grace in it, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing Grace, there's a movie like that. What are some of the movies that have um, grace in them? I think that there's one called um, <laughs> Fall from Grace. Yeah, Fall from Grace. Then we have a lot of songs. This morning they sang an amazing song about amazing grace, isn't it? Yeah, and also there's something we do even in this house as we end a service or a meeting and in our homes, you know, when we eat at table or whatever, we share the grace, isn't it? Like a thanksgiving or a blessing over a food, over a meeting. You, do, do you get it? And even in Greek mythology, they also have, they call them the three sisters of grace. Yeah, so grace is used. So I'm not talking about grace, grace. I'm talking about divine grace. Do you understand? So we eliminate all kinds of grace that could be floating in our mind. And so we are going to look at three scriptures. I'm going to preach for only a short while. And when the time is up, the time is up. Because one of the things I realize is that we know so much scripture that we are not using. Yep. So I'll give you a few. Let's look at John chapter 1. We are going to look at divine grace. We are going to delve into it. We are going to try and understand it. We are going to try and take some of the misuse of grace out of it. We are going to make sure that the grace that is available to us, we use it. The Bible says in John 1.14, I'm going to read verse 14 in King James, and then the rest of the verses that I want to read, we'll read in the Amplified. John 1.14, the Bible says, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, I've read this scripture so many times, but because I was looking at it and I was studying it for, on the topic of grace, I realized that what the scripture said is that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and the word was full of grace and truth. The word of God is not only truth, but it is full of grace, which means the more of the word you have in you, the more of grace you have, because the word is full of grace. Just imagine that. The word is, so we are searching for grace. We want grace to do this, we want grace to do this. There's just one 
Simple one that you know that if you really want grace, just get the word. Because the word is full of grace. The verse 16 says that, For out of, the, of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, grace and end, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. We have all received. We all have a share. So the first, the verse 14 told us that grace, the word of God is full of grace. Now the verse 15 is telling us that, verse 16 is telling us that we have all received grace. Yeah, out of the fullness of the, we have all received. It means that every one of us, there is grace for us. Grace is not selected, it's not for a selected few. Everybody has grace. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yes. If where we are now, by virtue of NHS, everybody is entitled to healthcare. It's not the same in America. So, yeah, we take it for granted, isn't it? Yeah. But everybody, yes, you can choose to have extra, go to Bupa and uh, whatever, but our basic health care is available to everybody. Every single person has health care. And scripture is saying that we have all received grace. Never exempt yourself from grace. Never exempt yourself from grace. It doesn't matter where you are at, what you are going through. Because as we study the topic, you come to realize that sometimes you think you are going through a challenge, but you don't realize that it's grace that is working through you. Hebrews 4, the Bible says, let's read 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor, to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. I believe that at some point we are going to be looking at the different types of grace because when you read this scripture, you realize that there's grace to help us as sinners. You know, we have you know, the grace, saving grace, penitence grace. We have sanctification grace, sustaining grace, growing grace. 
We have God, and he's saying that there is grace, appropriate help, the type of grace you need in the season that you are at. Amen. And he says that we should come to the throne of grace, which gives a sense of royalty. Do you, do you understand? That grace, we are coming to the throne where grace is sitting. You know, so it's like when you think of throne, you think of kings. And it's saying that, you know, if there's a king, if there's a throne, it means that there must be a kingdom that grace is applying to. Oh, yeah. Please change it to Amplified. I told them. I said I was, didn't I say I was reading for Amplified? Thank you, Uncle Fred. Yeah. Yeah, I told them. So put it there so that they can see that I didn't make up my story. (laughs) Once there's a throne, there's a kingdom. And the kingdom we are in, the one who sits on the throne has a lot of grace for us. Amen. On the assumption that we didn't read many scriptures this week, let me give you one more. I'm, going, I'm just going to make that assumption. If you read a lot of scriptures, one more is not too bad. Psalm 84, the Bible says in verse 10, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows present grace and favor and future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man who trusts in you, leaning and believing on you, committing all and confidently looking to you, that, and that without fear or misgiving. Amen. So divine grace is saying that it's bestowed on us. When we say something is bestowed, it means that it's conferred upon you. It means that it's an honor that's given you. It's a gift that is given you. Amen. So it is something that is like you're anointed with it. Amen. It rests upon you. May the grace of God rest upon you. Yeah, may the grace of God rest upon the, your, the work of your hands. May the grace of God rest upon your children, your family. Grace. Grace upon grace. The first scripture to, we told us that we get grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Amen. Yeah. We are here by the grace of God. We are who we are by the grace of God. I have the audacity to hold the microphone by the grace of God. You know, when I was looking at a bit of research on it, you realize that in the Old Testament, grace is mentioned. In the New Testament, it's more, mentioned more than, in fact, I have specific numbers. It says that it's mentioned, if you are looking at the King James, 38 times in the Old Testament and 156 times in the New Testament, which makes you realize that, you know, when Christ surfaced, grace was multiplied. Grace was multiplied. Grace was multiplied, you know. But the truth is that even above the number of times that grace has been used, all through Scripture, grace is expressed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it may not, it may not state grace, 
but by what action is happening, you know that this was grace. Yeah. You look at Esau, after messing up, he still found grace. Still managed to get a blessing. Do you understand? You look at David. He was in the field. They are looking to anoint, you know, a powerful person. Do you understand? Someone has come to anoint a powerful person. But grace found David in the field. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, you look at Paul. You know, after all the mess and everything that he did, grace found him. Do you understand? So you see that grace just goes through. In fact, what I would say to you is that grace is the dominant, dominant theme of the Bible. Grace is the dominant theme of the Bible from beginning to end. Grace is a dominant. And that is why, as a Christian, grace must define you. See, because sometimes when you don't realize that grace is available to you, things that you should be able to do, you won't do. Or you'll be fearful to do. Or you'll be hesitant to do. Yeah. Because Scripture says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. We we'll learn that grace is a spirit also, the spirit of grace. Do you understand? So that it makes you get bolder to move, to push, to do. Yeah. To even confront. You know, sometimes Reverend tells us, like, oh, his mom was afraid to go to the village because they were fearful that they would do whatever. No. We carry a grace. When you are going for an interview, you should know that you carry a grace. Yes, I'm hoping to answer all the questions. Yes, I'm hoping to present myself. But above all, I know that the grace is upon me. Yeah. You see, that is where you will experience things like, you know, we're not planning to give you the job, but we're going to try it. We're going to let you have a try at it anyway. No, it's, we are sorry. We are not taking any more. And then they call you back. Looks like we have one space left for you. Those, are, those things are for us. And we are supposed to tap into it and not settle for less. And not settle for less. You see, at a point you move from the grace for salvation. Because you see, to, to receive Christ is also a grace. <laughs> for your eyes to be open to realize that I'm a sinner and I need. Yeah. But when you, when you are saved by grace, there's still grace to carry on your salvation. To live as a Christian and to be victorious. So you can't just settle for saving grace. There's a lot more after that, which you have to walk in. But you have to understand it so that you walk in it well. So just for a few minutes, maybe I'll just give you a little backdrop on this so that we'll put grace in context. How many of you know that, especially 21st century Christians, grace is misused and abused? Ooh, we use it like a signature. <laughs> yeah. You owe 300 fornication, then you sign a check, clear. <laughs> the first one, grace is not withheld or lessened from men because of demerits or a fault or a disadvantage. So when we talk about saving grace, it cannot, you, it cannot be withheld from you because you are so bad cannot be withheld from you because you don't deserve it. These people cannot be saved or these people don't deserve. We are the ones who take decisions on who we will 
give grace to and who we will not. Yeah. When, when, especially when a young lady really likes a young man, oh, she'll give him grace. You misbehave. She'll give him more grace. You misbehave. More grace. This is the last time. If you do that again, this time we are breaking up for good, for good, for good. Unnecessary grace. Use your grace for better things. And that same person, her best friend that she has known and grown up with, does one wrong thing to her. I'm never speaking to her again. From today, the Lord be my witness. I will not speak to her as long as I live. And sometimes they even use over my dead body. Never say that because it will be over your dead body. And this is a friend who has been with you through thick and thin and maybe missed your wedding or couldn't, you wanted her to be your bridesmaid and she couldn't do it. Or she came and she was your bridesmaid but she messed the wedding up. <laughs> Reverend and I went to a wedding. The, the, the bride's brother decided to sing. So after the wedding, I asked the girl that, what have you done to your brother? I mean, what's your relationship really like? I mean, what? what are, hey, first of all, he made, he made up, I think he forgot the song, the words of the song. So he made it up. Oh, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. It was, and that particular wedding also, some, uh, one of the girls in the choir who likes interfering in people's affairs had come to them to instruct them that she would be singing. So they, did, they only didn't get one lousy song from her brother. They also got another even lousier song <laughs> from this. It can affect you because you put so much into your wedding. You spent so much. But what you don't realize is that the person was doing it out of love. Do you understand? My sister will get married only once by the grace of God. So this is where I can show how much I love her. And it was a love song. We didn't go well. But that is, you know, we're we sitting in this room. Some of us, we don't relate well with family. When we should show grace. And the people that really we need to cut off, we keep giving them grace. And the people who deserve grace, we don't give to them. Even as pastors, we go through it. Yeah. When you were born, we visited you. When you were five, we baptized you. When you were eight, when you were 12, you are 18 and we say, stop fornicating. I'm not coming to this church again. <laughs> Number two, this divine grace cannot be mixed or equated with the law of works. Divine grace can be seen in your works, but works can never produce grace. Grace can be manifested in the works, the ease with which you do it, you know, your ability to do it, the way you do it, but works can never define grace. I don't know if I'm making sense. Romans eleven six. the Bible says that, but if it is by grace, it is no longer conditioned on works or anything men have done. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because grace, is, we, we, one of the definitions we have is what? Unmerited favor. So if you merit it, then it can be grace. <laughs> 
Do you understand? Yes, if you have been able to achieve it, then it can be grace. So it is not of the way of works. First Corinthians 15, verse 10, the Bible says that, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Somebody say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yeah. And he says, and his grace towards me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, though it was not really I, but the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, which was with me. Amen. Do you know that grace makes a lot of things look easy? Yeah. Listen, if God anoints you to teach, others will be listening to you teach and say, oh, I can do this. Yeah, what, what did they do? Open the Bible, look at some verse, and try to explain it. But as soon as they give you the microphone with the same verse, is that this thing is not as easy as you think. Yeah. Grace makes difficult things look easy. Grace makes us be able to do difficult things. Sometimes we go through very traumatic things and we survive. But what made us survive was the grace of God. Sometimes we lose loved ones and we think that we can never recover. And one day we see that we are standing again. We have recovered. It is grace. Second Corinthians 9, verse 8, the Bible says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good way. And that is why as a Christian, I will tell you that a lot of people who even fall into sin so much, it's not because they want to fall into sin, but what they don't realize is that sometimes you have to depend on grace and not on might and not on strength. And a lot of times when you say, oh, as for me, I'm a strong-willed person. As for me, I have this. Then you see that you fall. You have to understand that it's by grace. You know, I've told you that the woman who had the uh, Christian bookshop, she understood grace overboard. (laughs) Good morning, by the grace of God. (laughs) How many books are you buying by the grace of God? How's your day been (laughs) by the grace of God? (laughs) Yeah. So we used to call her. (laughs) You know, but it was her appreciation that somebody has come into her shop. Somebody may buy a book. Somebody may remember to come again. It's all grace. Says that he will make all grace abound to you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Which means that your grace must be reflected in what you do and how you do it. Your grace must be reflected in how you talk and what you say. That's why the scripture says that we should speak the truth <laughs> with grace. Yeah, what you're saying is true. See, sometimes when you, you see yourself saying things like, but what I said is the truth. It's not about what you said is the truth. What impact has it had on the person? Yeah, have you helped the person or you've broken the person? Yeah, I've told you that you are a sinner. You've been sinning and sinning and sinning. And forever will you sin? How does that help the person to even change? Yeah. The first scripture we read told us that grace, the word of God is grace and truth. So the grace that God gives you is for good works. The grace is not for you to become arrogant, pride, pompous. I have gotten where I've gotten by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. And you must appreciate it. 
For me, anytime even somebody will say that, oh, hey, Pastor Gloria, are you a reverend? You've done well, oh, when I see you, I remember Ken when he was seven. I remember Phoebe when, we haven't done anything. It's by the grace of God. Do you think that there are not many people who even disciplined their children better? Who cared for their children better? Who prayed for their children better? Never be deceived that you are so, you know, intelligent or you are so equipped or you are so able. It's by the grace of God. But also for grace to be manifest, there are also sometimes certain conditions for the manifestation of certain graces. Yeah. Because if grace is given to you, you've got to use it right. If grace is given to you, you have to know its value. Yeah. In fact, let me say this thing, that there is nothing like unconditional grace. There is unconditional love. The fact that God unconditionally loves us doesn't mean that that grace. Because if you have decided that you want to only sleep with married men, God is not going to give you grace. I mean, yeah, grace that you become so attractive to married men. It's not, it's not, it will never happen. Yeah. But you can be misbehaving and having affairs with married men, and it won't change God's love for you. The love is unconditional, but grace will not be given for evil. Am I making sense? We have to teach some of these things. Because sometimes we have a doctrine of grace that is making the church stink. New age chapters of the Bible that is being rewritten. Yeah. Grace can never be used as an excuse to cover sin to, to, at all. Yeah. Pastor, as for me, I can't stop sinning. I, I cannot say to a person, oh, don't worry, grace will cover you. <laughs> it's, it's wrong. <laughs> grace distinguishes Christianity from every other religion. Grace distinguishes Christianity from every other religion. Just as Justice is fundamental to the law of the land. Love is fundamental to marriage. Grace is fundamental to Christianity. Amen. Yeah. Now, the word grace, which is de derived from the Greek word charis. Some say charis. Charis. <laughs> favor. It means favor, loving kindness, and Sweetness and also God's unmerited favor. There's an acronym for grace which says God's riches at Christ's expense. Yeah. 
God's riches at Christ's expense. So we have this amazing grace at the expense of who? Christ. It is a favor rendered by one who need not do so. That's why I'm saying that. You see, sometimes the, great, the person does not, God did, didn't have to do that, but he did it anyway. He, he need not, but he did it. And that is why your love for God should be unconditional. That's why your focus on God should be unconditional. That is why even the way you serve God, because he gave grace that he didn't have to, he gave you what he didn't need to. Divine love and protection. It is also the state of being protected, sanctified by the favor of God. A state, it means that that is the level at which you live. And every Christian must live by the grace of God. You wake up in the morning, you are able to open your eyes, you say, thank you, Lord. Yeah, you are able to go through your day, you get into your bed, you say, thank you, Lord. It is also an excellence of power granted by God. I'm going to finish on this one. Or maybe two. Grace is given in harmony and not at the expense of God's other attributes. Grace is given in harmony and not at the expense of God's other attributes. So the grace that is available to us does not negate righteousness, does not negate holiness, does not negate forgiveness, or does not, it does not negate. It is in harmony with them. Do you understand? Yeah, because God wants us to live righteous, wants us to be holy, he gives us the opportunity to repent. So the grace there is to bring you back to where you need to be not for you to stay in the wrong. Romans 3, the Bible says in verse 23 to 26, I'm reading the King James, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God had set forth to be a preparation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Amen. So grace is always drawing us back to the right. Grace is always drawing us back to the good. Grace is always, that is the essence of God, of grace. Grace is not supposed to keep you in something bad. Grace is not supposed to let you mess. Grace is supposed to make sure that as the devil is trying to pull you this way, grace pulls you that way. Grace, yeah, some of us, sometimes we want to give up on God. Grace pulls us back. Sometimes you are, we are about to make a foolish choice. Grace pulls us back. Sometimes you are about to open your mouth and what you are going to say, grace pulls you back. Some of us, sometimes you are driving, you are about to, the camera is about to take your picture, grace pulls you by. <laughs> oh, dear, 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 dear. <laughs> yeah. How many of us have had that experience that you, thank you, Gary, you slow, as soon as, you don't know why you slowed down. Amen. Oh, 
this morning, this morning I was running a bit late. So generally my foot and my, uh, my uh, what do you call it, accelerator, they are very close. They are, they are in love. You, you know, so my, my legs likes to stay on it generally. Generally. And this morning it was on it. It was on it. And it was like my 10 minutes journey, we have to do it in at least three and a half minutes. Pray for your pastor. <laughs> then, just, just as I was in the middle of it, you know, because my phone started ringing, you know, on the, this, so I was like, and it, it made the leg move a bit for me. And then when I looked on my side, there were like three or four of them packed. <laughs> I said, I see you, I see you, you see me. Yeah. You know, you'll be surprised that just as, you know, I was, I wanted to say yes to the marriage, but some, something kept, yeah, I couldn't say the yes. Everybody, my parents were on my case that I should say yes. I, I couldn't say the yes. Then later on you find out that <laughs> even his name was not his name. <laughs> when you are depending on grace, then you must have faith in what grace is supposed to do. When you say things like, I can't stop doing this, I can't stop going here, or I can't stop, you know, I can't stop spending money, then it means that you are not allowing grace to do what it's supposed to do. Because when grace comes, grace comes to help. Yeah. Paul said he prayed, and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And I truly believe that God's grace is sufficient for us. I don't care how great your mountain. I don't care how deep your valley. I don't care how, how challenging the situation. God's grace is more than enough to make up for it. The last thing, and we're going to go home remembering it. And all I'm telling you is that God's gracious, God is gracious in what he provides. He's gracious in what he gives. He's gracious in what he does. He's also gracious in what he prohibits. He's gracious in what he withholds. And he's gracious in what he takes away. God's grace is him taking something away from you. God's grace is him providing for you. God's grace is him prohibiting something. God's grace is him blocking. God's grace is him opening. God's grace is him shutting a door. God's grace is him opening a door. God's grace is him taking somebody out of your life. God's grace is him bringing somebody into your life. You know, in Job 1, the Bible says in verse 20 and 22, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What Job was going through, most of us will not worship God in that situation. Most of us will even stop serving God in that situation. 
You are taking everything I have from me. You are stripping me of everything good. You are stripping me of everything I've known, my dignity, everything. And I have been a faithful servant. But the Bible says Job worshipped the Lord because he understood that God gives and God takes. And blessed be the name. If God has taken, I bless God. If God has given, I bless God. If I have enough, I bless God. If I think I don't have enough, I bless God. And that is what Adam and Eve should have understood when God said, you can eat of all these trees, but this one don't. Because he knew that in the day that you eat it, you shall die. And that is why we, when the Bible talks about unspeakable joy, joy that passes, peace that passes, what it's saying is that some things don't make sense to unbelievers. Some things don't make sense to those who don't have the God we have. Because they are looking at it, that, but you don't have this, so why are you so happy? You don't have this, why are you so peaceful? Because you have understood that there's an orchestrator. There's somebody who is creating music in my life, and if he says this note shouldn't be there, everything else will still harmonize because God is the one orchestrating it. Yeah. May we live in the grace of God. May we benefit from the fullness of that grace. 